Salutations, listeners. You're listening to another episode of the Dr. Jazz Podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan Holloway, your doctor for jazz. And it is our mission here at the Dr. Jazz Podcast to cure whatever it is that may ail you for the power and the majesty of jazz music. In this episode, we are going to be taking a listen at the late breakbeats of Miles Davis. That's right, we've uh, done an overview of Miles um, to celebrate our 100th uh, episode, and that was just an overall view of just awesome groovy tunes, and in most, not all, but most of our uh, kind of varied playlist, there's always some Miles mixed in because, I mean, Miles is quantum. I mean, at least in the jazz world. Um, he's a huge inspiration not only to um, jazz listeners, but to all listeners. So, and that's what we're here to do is, you know, offer up some uh, musical therapy, so to speak. You know, uh, But therapy is really not the, the impetus for this particular episode. We just really wanted to focus on something that kind of gets overshadowed and overlooked uh, within Miles's canon, and that's his later work. A lot of people are very quick to dismiss uh, the later albums of Miles Davis, uh, with the exception of like maybe Tutu or something like that. But there's a lot of, lot of really, really hip grooves, a lot of really hip tunes, uh, great beats, um, and, and just a whole wide array of things that I think deserve uh, a, a good listen. And while it may, may not have Coltrane on it, uh, or Cannonball, or Wayne Shorter, or Herbie Hancock, there are some tunes that deserve some merit, and some of them are just plain damn groovy. So that's what we're going to be spinning here for you on this particular episode, is what I like to call the late break beats, uh, with very few exceptions, um, for the, the latter catalog of the quantum musician Miles Davis. So, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully you dig it. Now, let's get to some awesome Miles music. We'll be right back. 
Wally Tendon Ronnie. All right. So that last track was Blues for Pablo, uh, originally written and I want to say 1956 or 1957 for the Columbia album Miles Ahead uh, with the orchestrations and the orchestra provided by the great Gil Evans. Um, of course, Pablo being a nod and an homage to the great visual artist Pablo Picasso, uh, which Miles has been compared to many times. He, they, many folks say that Miles is the Picasso of jazz. Um, but yeah, that's actually the only time that Miles looked back, and sadly that was his last uh, live concert at Montreux, is with from that album, Miles and Quincy, live at Montreux, and of course Quincy being the great Quincy Jones, who was conducting the orchestra, and it featured not only Miles on the trumpet, uh, which, by the way, a side note on that, He's actually playing the melody on the with a Harmon mute in his trumpet. In the original recording of Miles Ahead, he played it open. So that's a nice little uh, feature for you know uh, those of us who are like, man, I wonder what that would sound like with a Harmon mute in. Well, now you know. And the cool part is that uh, besides Miles on trumpet, we got to hear the great Kenny Garrett on the alto saxophone, and yes the wonderful Wallace Roney on trumpet, on kind of backup trumpet, or second trumpet, if you will. Uh, or as Quincy likes to say, Wally Tinderoni. Um, yeah, it was the only time that Miles really looked back in his career. Miles never really rehashed old things. And he really wanted to, before he passed on, uh, give a musical nod to one of his you know, good friends and um, the people he admired the most, which is the um, the orchestrator and arranger, band leader, Gil Evans. Miles loved, loved, loved Gil, and Gil had passed on, and Miles had wanted to, you know, make sure that he gave Gil his due respect, and and you know, and that's hard music because when Quincy approached Miles about doing that. Miles, the story goes, is that Miles told Quincy, it's going to be expensive. It's going to be real expensive. <laughs> and Quincy being, Quincy is like, Miles, what's so expensive? I mean, it doesn't cost that much to get the band. He's like, no, motherfucker, it's going to be that expensive to get me. That shit's hard to play, you know. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Quincy found the money. And um, if there's ever going to be anybody to make Miles look back and to provide some of the best rehearsals and musicians for Gil Evans' music, it was Quincy. So, no doubt about that. Um, before that, we heard uh, Blue. And Blue was from the uh, suite called Aura. Uh, on Columbia Records, uh, orchestrated by the great Pally Mickelberg. And each movement, each selection is a different color. So you have like white, yellow, green, blue, violet, uh, electric red, orange, etc. And so we heard blue, which is just jam-packed with emotions and cool vibes and such a great like kind of reggae 
groove thing going on. And then at the end, it's got that nice little tender moment where it's just like Miles with the Harmon mute and the little glockenspiel and like a harp. And it's almost evocative of that old standard that he used to play. Um, it never entered my mind from way back in the prestige era, you know. And, I mean, he doesn't come out and completely hit you over the head with that melody, but that's the vibe that it reminds me of. And it's just, it was, it's a beautiful, tender moment to end such a cool groove on that tune. And I just love it, and I hope you do too. And then we started off the set um, with a tune called Al Jarreau. Yeah, and it was a tune that Miles had uh, had in his working touring bands uh, in the 80s because Miles really dug Al Jarreau's vocals. You know, uh, don't forget, Al Jarreau, if you're unfamiliar, uh, was one of those scat singers that could really change the timbre of his voice. And if you've never heard Al Jarreau, um, he's amazing. I was lucky enough to see him live. And... um, before he passed on and he, he he's just amazing you need to check out um some of his early classics like a boogie down and roof garden and, and and but then also check out like his vocalese things you know where he's like um putting words to chick Corea's spain and and scatting solos on top of all that and uh agua jiba bear the great uh antonio carlos Jobim. Brazilian classic. I mean, there's just tons of great music by the great Al Jarreau, and you should totally check it out. And um, I think that Miles captures that vibe for Al Jarreau relatively well, you know, in this composition. So he just simply titled it Al Jarreau. And it comes from the complete Miles Davis at Montreux, 1973 to 1991. Uh, it's an immense box set. I mean, we're talking like 17 discs or something like that. And, um, cause it spans a great deal of time. And, um, yeah. So this one is actually from July 17th, 1986. Yeah. Killer stuff, killer grooves. Um, and some great solos on top of that. So hopefully you dug it. Uh, so we're going to get into our next set, uh, which features some interesting stuff, and we'll talk about that at the ne- next set break. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the late breakbeats of Miles Davis here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. 
The stick is real thick, call me Easy Mo Vic But this pick can't be flicked like a lighter to a joint I'm easy, not why to get the point In other words, the mo ain't a joke And something like the trumpet, I'm jumping on the difficult folk Mom's in the style of the hip-hop bugle Not your ordinary, or even Chattanooga The train that goes choo-choo, like Norton sang Lulu The horn cast spells like some witch doctor's voodoo The notes from his trumpet makes ladies get freaky like sex Reach your climax, what's next? Two hunky dories just tickled your fancy Not in your panties, but up in your mind That's where we stand, see? That's where you seek for the need of a chance To be part of the easy mode And Miles Davis fantasy Yeah, yeah What I mean, what I mean Another word, another word For your mind one time Yeah, don't stop, don't stop Kick it, mom, So that is the tune called Fantasy, and it comes from Miles' last uh, studio album called Doobop, uh, which has a whole host of, like, Miles mixed with, like, hip-hop things for the time. I mean, it was, like, 1991, 1990, so, I mean, it is quite, it sounds a bit dated, but um, it just proves that Miles was even looking forward even in his last days. So, uh, there you have it. And, um, you know, the thing about it is, Fantasy is the tune that we just heard there. Uh, it was sampled. That little uh, synthesizer string sound was sampled by the great uh, Jay Dilla. And you can hear it on uh, some tracks uh, on his album Donuts. And so, it... it it kind of carries over, you know, that same kind of vibe and that same kind of beat. So, uh, it's one of my favorites off of the, the Dubop album. I also like chocolate chip. Chocolate chip is super funky in the Prince vein, you know, and that that's no shock because, uh, miles and Prince had actually worked on some stuff together and Dubop was initially, if I recall correctly, supposed to be kind of like a double album. And what we have as the album, Doobop, was supposed to be like one half of the album and the other half was supposed to be 
the music that Miles and Prince had worked on. And then at the last minute, Prince sat there and said, no, after hearing Easy Moby and Miles and all that, you know, and said, nah, it, it doesn't really vibe together. It doesn't fit, you know. It, it, it would be forcing the listener to, to make it fit. So we'll do it later, Miles. You know what I mean? We'll put it out later. And, of course, that never happened. Miles passed away, and Prince kept the stuff in the vault. So now Prince has passed, Miles has passed, um, but we hope to hear that stuff one day, you know, uh, in its full-on way. So um, not necessarily part of a special box set or anything like that, uh, not as an extra, but just on its own merit for what it is. So we'll see. Uh, before that, we heard another selection from the um, Miles Live, Complete Live at Montreux box set, 1973 to 1991. We heard Don't Stop Me Now. And see, I I'm going to throw a couple of these really interesting tunes that he never really recorded in the studio, but he played many times live. And um, this is one of the like, slow jams that Miles had. Uh, and it's called Don't Stop Me Now, and it was from July 7th, 1988. Yeah, and just one of those, yeah, just nice, slow grooves, man. And then we started off with a tune called Carnival Time, uh, which comes from Miles's um, kind of, if you will, Frankenstein album from the Miles Davis estate, but it's a great album, and it's basically taking some of these melodies that Miles uh, had maybe just put down the horn parts or there was some tracks in the studio or they took it from different live performances and then they brought in a live band and then they uh, recreated it in the studio and Layla Hathaway's on this album it's called Rubber Band um, Layla Hathaway's on this album John Schofield's on this album Stevie Wonder uh, I want to say yeah and it, it's it's just a fantastic album and anyway we heard Carnival Time which is such a cool tune because it, it, it's it, it almost makes you think like you're partying on a boat in Miami in the 80s. You know, you could just see like Crockett and Tubbs walking up with the rolled up sleeves from their blazers, you know what I mean, and the sunglasses and the and the crazy bikinis and yeah, and the flamingos and yeah, I'm having a Miami Vice moment, which Miles actually made a cameo on that show too, so that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so I highly, highly, highly uh, urge you to check out the the Rubber Band album. It, it's a really cool uh, project, you know what I mean? And more than anything, it's keeping Miles' name relevant and his name out there for a generation that, maybe a younger generation that doesn't know that much about Miles. They don't know the deep, deep, deep history of like kind of blue and bitches brew and jack johnson and um working steam and cooking relax and all the prestige stuff roundabout midnight sketches of spain maybe they don't know all that stuff and so this might be the gateway to get their ears into classic miles davis so we can hope right uh thank you for listening remember you can find the Dr. Jazz Podcast wherever you find your podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And um, we would love to have uh, you tell your friends, 
and for you to write a review if you haven't already. You know, we always like that. Or if you have any ideas, feel free to write us uh, or, you know, pin a comment to any one of these uh, episodes. Also, you can check out our website, which has detailed information and cover art for each song uh, on each episode. And it's easy to find because it's categorized by month. So that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast dot WordPress dot com. All right. Now, let's get back to some more awesome late break beats from the one and the only Miles Davis.
Davis, Kenny Garrett, mm. live from Montreux, July 20th, 1990. You just heard two songs back-to-back from live, the complete Miles Davis at Montreux, 1973-1991. Like I said, that one was called In the Night, and it featured Kenny Garrett, the awesomeness of Kenny Garrett. From July 20th, 1990. Before that, you heard another tune that was not recorded in the studio called Heavy Metal. Heavy Metal. Yeah, Miles was literally experimenting with all styles of music. And you have to love that. Um, Yeah, and that one came from July 7th, 1988. Mm. And strangely enough... The, the, the ballad, the slow jam that we heard, Don't Stop Me Now, was from the same concert the same night. So if you can imagine a varied performance like that, having that slow jam followed by something like heavy metal that you heard in the middle of that set, that's just a testament to Miles being so versatile and varied, even in this late stage of his career. Which, like I said, unbeknownst to me, why many people scoff at, you know. So, 
go figure. Ah, and then we started off the set with a tune called Hannibal, which is one of my favorite uh, later Miles Davis tunes featuring yet again Kenny Garrett from the album Amandala. And um, I, I, I love the, the chord sequences and the groove of that. It has such a cool groove, but then the chord sequences kind of go from this like minor and it raises to like this dominant, you know what I mean, by like a half step sort of thing. Yeah, I know I'm getting theory, theoretical and, and nerdy on y'all, but it, my point is is that that same kind of vibe and progression fitting in with the melody reminds me so much of John Coltrane's Lonnie's Lament. And I'm not sure if that was intentional or if that was just Miles writing something, you know what I mean? And it happens to be a coincidence. But uh, that that's one of the things that I really loved about the track when, when Coltrane recorded Lonnie's Lament uh, is that chord sequence. And that same thing comes about again in the middle uh, for like this high tension moment before Miles just kind of blasts in with the trumpet and the cymbals crash. So it's like... And then at that point, that's just where it hits, you know. And, yeah, it gives me goosebumps. So, you know, that's the thing. People can, can hate on this music, the, the latter catalog of Miles Davis, all they want, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not that much of a jazz snob, because if it gives me goosebumps, it's good to me. And hopefully you dig it too. <laughs> so it's just that simple, you know. Um, yeah. Mm, good stuff. All right. So we've got uh, some interesting stuff coming up in this next set. Uh, we are spotlighting the later music of the great Miles Davis. We're calling it the late break beats of miles davis uh we got two live ones and then something from a soundtrack so don't go anywhere you're listening to the late break beats of miles davis here on the dr jazz podcast <laughs>
Right, cute little tune there, um, called Lake Geneva, and I just thought it's so melodic and just kind of upbeat and happy. I just had to include it. Um, yeah, Lake Geneva again uh, comes from that box set, that mammoth box set of the complete Miles Davis at Montreux. 1973 to 1991, and that version of Lake Geneva uh, was recorded July 8th, 1984, at the evening concert. Uh, before that, we heard a tune called The Jam Session, um, by which featured Miles Davis and uh, Chuck Finley, uh, another trumpet player, who was called on to provide music for the soundtrack uh, that was written by the great Miles Davis and Michelle Legrand uh, for the motion picture soundtrack to the movie Dingo. It's an interesting movie if you've never seen it. Um, it's kind of a good story. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once again, these are just little gems that people don't necessarily uncover or think about or even think to play. You know what I mean? And that's one good thing about this crazy pandemic is it has forced me to, you know, revisit a lot of albums because you have a lot of time on your hands working from home um, to revisit a bunch of these albums you normally necessarily wouldn't pull out and listen to. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I went through a little phase there where I was just listening to nothing but later Miles Davis. And, um, yeah, and I'm just sharing it with y'all. So, Hopefully you dig it, and because uh, I, I I certainly have so, um, and I think that there might be a, some sympathetic listeners 
who maybe have something close to you know my taste so yeah why not right so uh and anyway that tune like i said was called the jam session so it's great um you kind of get that vibe from it and uh we started off the set with a tune called intruder from miles davis's album live around the world and i just love that track intruder because it sounds like one of the tracks that would have in at least in my imagination would have occurred if miles and prince were to get together and have some of that music it just it has that complete funky keyboard synth thing going on uh awesome beats a little you know pop like melody and yeah and then it's miles so of course miles is going to have a tight band and man they killed it so yeah hopefully you dug intruder as well remember you can find the dr jazz podcast wherever you find your podcasts soundcloud stitcher apple Podcasts, and share with your friends if you think they would dig uh this episode or feel free to check out other episodes and tell them about that too you know um, you can also find all this information, don't write it down, we've already got that covered for you, on our website. And our website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, Z Podcast, no spaces, dot wordpress.com. And there you can find out all the album art and track information. So if you want to go looking for these albums or titles, you can do so yourself and uh, help support the estate of Miles Davis so and perpetuate his music to other listeners. So, all right. Uh, we have a, a few more sets coming at you, so don't go anywhere. Or if you need to, you know, grab another drink or another snack, that's fine. Just pause it. Come right back because it's going to get real cool. All right? Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Dr. Jazz Podcast. Thank you. 
Okay, so that last track was called Movie Star, and it comes from an album called Avignon, The Last Concert, which is a two-CD set, and um, I, I, I love this track for the same reason I loved Intruder. It kind of sounds like, in my imagination, what that Miles and Prince collaboration would have been like, would have sounded like, you know? And there's rumors that actually Movie Star was one of the, the tunes that they worked on. But it, once again, nothing is necessarily confirmed or official. But um, man, it just gives me hope for the future one day to actually hear those tracks um, in, in their full studio kind of glory. Um, before that, we heard Maisha, uh, which is, you know, in parentheses, alternately titled So Long. Uh, which features Erica Badu on vocals with Robert Glasper uh, on the keyboards and Miles in the background. And if you're somewhat versed or seasoned uh, in listening to Miles Davis, then you know that Maisha is one of his songs from his 70s electric fusion period. It's a really cool song on its own merit. Um... It was featured on, I believe, Get Up With It, as well as the Agharta, yeah, the Agharta album, um, and a live concept. But what Robert Glasper chose to do on this album, Everything's Beautiful, is kind of sample Miles, uh, since he has long been passed, since 1991, and take different snippets of either his trumpet playing or his talking or even just some of the drums or piano things from his albums. Uh, there was one track in which they sample Bill Evans' piano stylings from Kind of Blue uh, on the track Blue and Green. And then he'll invite, you know, all, all these like awesome characters uh, as cameos, you know, um, like King and Bilal and Erica Badu, which you just heard, and but they're Miles tunes. That's what's so cool about it. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. In fact, I think John Schofield's actually on one of the tracks too, which is super cool. But um, yeah, it's definitely you know, it, it, it's not as bad as it, it sounds at the on the shell on the surface. You know, because you're like, oh God, somebody's sampling Miles Davis, and they think that it's going to be like this end all be all. But it's tastefully done. It's not to sample Miles for sampling's sake. There's like a real art to it. And, you know, it's tasteful. And I guess that's the main thing. Is if you're going to do something, do it right. You know, and uh, yeah, hopefully you dug uh, that beat and those keyboards that uh, were with Miles and Erica Badu. So, Maisha, so long. And then we open up the set uh, with a tune called Los Feliz, um, which comes from the soundtrack to the movie Siesta. Now you, it, it's a pretty messed up movie, but this soundtrack is awesome. And it's got that Spanish flavor that's reminiscent of like sketches of Spain, you know. And uh, it's thanks to Miles and Marcus Miller, who wrote a lot of this stuff and performed it and... Yeah, it, it, it's got a creepy vibe to it, but man, I just love the music on this soundtrack. So, yeah, super cool stuff. So, there you have it. 
All right, we got uh, two more sets coming at you, so don't go anywhere. You're listening to the late break beats of Miles Davis here on the Dr. Jazz Podcast.
three killer tunes. I just I love all three of those tunes. So that last track was called Porsche, and uh, not to be confused with the car like Porsche. Uh, this is actually Porsche, P-O-R-T-I-A, and it comes from Miles Davis's groundbreaking album in the '80s, Tutu, uh, for Warner Brothers. You know that's one of the things is that. Uh, Miles Davis was with Columbia Records from like 1956, but uh, many of his like seminal albums all the way through like 1984. You know, um, from Roundabout Midnight to You're Under Arrest, and um, then he basically switched and he went to Warner Brothers. And worked with Tommy LaPuma on this album, Tutu, and you know had a killer band with uh, Marcus Miller writing a lot of the great tracks on there. Um, but yeah, it's got that nice Spanish flavor that I was talking about before with Los Feliz. Um, so there was definitely, uh, in the famous words of Jelly Roll Morton, uh, a Spanish tinge to some of Miles's tracks for sure, uh, both early and late in his catalog. So uh, Portia is one of those that holds a special um, place in my heart because of that same kind of Spanish flavor. Um, and I love it. I absolutely love it. And I, and I toyed with going with Tutu, uh, but I figured that most people have heard Tutu, so I wanted to sneak in something that's just as cool um, that you might not have heard. So that's my reasoning for not choosing Tutu, because I know there's there's bound to be some listener out there going, Dr. Jazz, why didn't you choose Tutu? I mean, it's groovy. It's one of the most awesome tunes in Miles' later catalog, and you didn't choose Tutu? Well, that's why. You've already heard it, if you know that. And if you haven't, go listen to Tutu, T-U-T-U, uh, dedicated to Bishop Desmond Tutu, right now, by Miles Davis. And, and you there's a lanyap for you, a little bonus, a little extra. Um, so, yeah, Portia came from the album Tutu. Now, before that, we heard something that not a lot of people remember actually happened, but it was really awesome. We heard the track Murder, which features both Miles Davis on the trumpet and blues legend John Lee Hooker on guitar. And they're working together along with uh, Taj Mahal on the soundtrack to the motion picture The Hot Spot. So, yeah, um, man, it's real moody kind of film noir music, but, man, it's just awesome. And I'm a big fan of of classic blues as well. You know, Bobby Blue Bland, Muddy Waters, B.B. King, Albert King, Lightning Hopkins, but I love, love, love John Lee Hooker. And, yeah, uh, Talk about one you haven't pulled out in a while from your record collection. That's one of them. And, man, I was just like, man, that sounds great, you know. So, yeah, I wanted to share uh, a little bit of Miles with John Lee Hooker for y'all. And then we opened up the set with one of my favorite tracks from You're Under Arrest that we were just mentioning, Miles Davis's last Columbia album. Um, and it's called Ms. Morrison. And this is the same album that has one phone call. This is the same album that has the instrumental cover of Michael Jackson's Human Nature. This is the same album that has the instrumental cover of Cyndi Lauper's Time After Time. 
And that's what gets a lot of the writing or the, the press or the eye rolls, you know what I mean? From people when they talk about this album. But there's some really, 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 really cool shit on this album besides. And Miss Morrison is one of those tracks that definitively sounds like music from the 80s. Because that's when it was recorded and, and released. But it sounds like Miles. And it kind of goes back to that age-old thing that people say that Miles never really changed. He sounds the same no matter what situation he's in. He just changes his environment. He changes his surroundings. But he's the, the center. He's the nucleus. Just everything changes and morphs and evolves around him. Whether that's Bitches Brew, You're Under Arrest, or Kind of Blue. So uh, I, I tend to kind of agree. So I love Miles' sound on the trumpet, open and with Harmon Mute, and then all the different settings that he has he featured, you know, his trumpet in. So that's what's really cool about it. So anyway, Ms. Morrison. And um, yeah, uh, I hope you dug it as well. So we've got one more set for you. Um, it's got three of my all-time later Miles Davis favorites in it as well. Um, so... And let me just uh, say that, you know, hopefully you've dug this podcast. Uh, there's lots of different episodes of the Dr. Jazz podcast that deal with a whole litany of issues uh, from Charles Mingus to rainy day jazz, like kind of mood music to, you know, deep dives into spotlights like Tom Harrell, Bill Frizzell, um, Art Taylor that we've recently done. And uh, yeah, so... You know, feel free to browse and, and check all of the episodes out. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to write us, please check out our website and click, you know, send us a, a, a message. And uh, we'll definitely read it. And if you got ideas for shows, we'd love to hear that too. Uh, again, that website is Dr. Jazz Podcast, D-R-J-A-Z-Z Podcast.wordpress.com. And remember to share the Dr. Jazz Podcast with all your friends who you think may be interested in one of these episodes and you can find those at stitcher soundcloud and apple Podcasts. so without further ado let's get to our last great set of music from miles davis the late breakbeats <laughs>
All right. So we started off that set with one of my absolute favorite tracks, and I love listening to that track, especially in the summertime. It's such a happy, sunshiny tune. It's called Shout, and it comes from Miles Davis's, I believe, 1981 album, Man with a Horn. Uh, fantastic grooves. Uh, a whole great album on that. It's a wonderful kind of comeback album uh, after his kind of um, early retirement in 1975 to 1981. And uh, it's a hell of a way to say, like, I'm back, you know. Um, after that, in the middle of the set there, we heard You and I, the literally the letter U and then N and then I. Um, and that comes from Miles Davis's album Star People. Uh, lots of great stuff on there. Uh, man, yeah, Star on Sicily is on that album, you know, and he was with, uh, he was married to Cicely Tyson at, at this point, uh, who recently passed away, and talk about a legendary actress, so, yeah, that reminds me of the story where Cicely was being honored at the White House, and Nancy Reagan was riding in the limousine with Miles and Cicely to, you know, to wherever in Washington, D.C. the thing was. And she had no idea what Miles Davis was or what he did. She knew about Sicily. And, you know, because obviously Nancy is way more up, you know, Frank Sinatra's ass than Miles Davis. But um, so she said, you must be proud of Sicily. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, and what do you do? And Miles, in typical Miles Davis fashion, said, I've only revolutionized music like seven times. What the hell have you done besides fuck the president? So, <laughs> and that's straight from Miles' autobiography. Uh, so if you haven't read that, definitely check that out as well. And anyway, so You and I, which is from Star People, great album. And we concluded this podcast with one of my all-time favorite slap bass features for Marcus Miller. It's called What It Is. And it's from the album Decoy. And like Schofield's on this album. Marcus Miller's on this album. Um, yeah, I mean, and Brantford Marsalis is on this album. And it's just, it, it just slaps. It kills. And I hopefully, hopefully you dug it as much as I did. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is, this kind of concludes the late break beats of miles davis and um kind of shining a spotlight on his later catalog and some of the groovetastic tunes with it so uh we do appreciate you listening so so much we wouldn't be anything without you so um remember to tell your friends and in the famous words of the great duke ellington who was one of miles davis's idols um we do love you madly and until next time ashes to ashes Dust to dust. Y'all be good now, because in jazz, we trust.